Hey everybody and welcome to the second episode of Bracketology, an Apex Quarantine production. Today we are talking about round one South, the uh, bottom four matchups on our MCU bracket and we're going to see which is the best MCU movie of all time. I'm here with some friends and I'm going to have them introduce themselves. I'm Sam and I am uh, representing middle school girls small group today. And I'm Andrew, which is, it's convenient that we're doing this because my nickname is South. I love it. So... <laughs> I'm representing the middle school guys small group. I didn't do that on purpose, but I, it's a very happy coincidence. <laughs> it, was, it was fate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we're going to talk about uh, four matchups. That means eight movies, so we're going to kind of keep it brief so we don't have a four-hour podcast. This isn't Joe Rogan, um, not yet, but we're going to um, talk about first. The matchup is Captain America, the first Avenger and Iron Man 2. So we're going to switch up the way we uh, outline this a little bit. We're going to hit Captain America first all the way through, and then we'll talk about Iron Man 2. So Captain America, here's the story outline for you. It is 1942. America has entered World War II, and sickly but determined Steve Rogers is frustrated at being rejected yet again for military service. Aww. Everything changes when Dr. Erkskine Erkskine yeah. Recruits him for the secret project Rebirth. Proving his extraordinary courage, wits, and conscience, Rogers undergoes the experiment and his weak body is suddenly enhanced into the hu maximum human potential. When Dr. Erkskine is then immediately assassinated by an agent of Nazi Germany's secret Hydra Research Department, headed by Johann Schmidt, a.k.a. the Red Skull, Rogers is left as a unique man who is initially misused as a propaganda mascot. However, when his comrades need him, Rogers goes on a successful adventure that truly makes him Captain America, and his war against Schmidt begins. That's not, like, the whole story, but we... <laughs> that's right. We got some of it. We got the, the highlights. Well, maybe they don't want to do spoilers or something. That's true. If you're reading this before you watch it. That is a spoiler-free representation so yeah all right so um andrew what are your first you know impressions of captain america the first avenger so my first impression of it and what i seem to remember from it was that it was really kind of like a slow build it felt like definitely there was a lot of backstory that they had to go through with this movie so i think yeah. a lot of the the feedback and the reception based on that was that it was kind of boring yeah um i don't know it I, I like historical type events, so the World War II era thing really yeah. clicks for me. That tie-in so, is nice. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I enjoyed kind of like the slow burn of it. A lot of the mm -hmm. shows and things that I watch will be similar. Um, and then I think it, it, it kind of takes a little while before you really get into like some decent action, which is what I think a lot of people are sort of used to with sure you know, the mcu yeah dave brought up yesterday the uh, the idea that there was a time when marvel didn't know what it was yet the mcu hadn't like mm. rounded out and captain america is really early in that journey so they were still kind of finding their footing yes i mean that that's really my my thing with this is i think it's it's really easy to be critical because we look at some of the more current stuff and we think wow this is like wall-to-wall -wall action yeah and we kind of look at captain america and we think wow this is this is so boring it's real slow to get going um, but I, I enjoyed it. I liked the way that um, we kind of got to see the development of Steve Rogers uh, sure. from beginning to end. I, I enjoy character development above yeah. most other things. So yep. um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I think that like for me too, the characters are so, so important. Like that's why Guardians has, you know, a high. I like that one a lot. And man, I love the characters in those movies. Um, and, and as I was watching some recap stuff, I was thinking like this movie 
like sounds great on paper. Like it should be a good movie. Um, but I, I feel like there are some weaknesses in the characters. As we, I was watching, you know, this character, you know, recap, I was like, I don't remember that person. I don't remember that person. <laughs> it just didn't stick with me. Um, yeah. But again, it is different than saying Ant-Man or Guardians, which is more comedy focused. You know, this one having that more uh, action and history bend. Um, it's it's definitely a different animal. So, Sam, what did you think about Captain America, the first Avenger? I so I I watched these like late in the game like I didn't see any of these as they were coming out until I think uh what was the one Black Panther I think so I watched mm. all of them really close together so some stuff I didn't remember um and but I did remember before watching the recaps that I did feel like it was slow and like there was just like not a lot happening for a while yeah um and just like you could tell that it was like an older movie like the production sure. of it just watching it like you know last year when it was you know, that yeah. I remember that. Um, I just, I have questions about like baby Steve. Like how did they, how did yeah. they do that? He was so like skinny and just like small, but it was like still like Steve. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I have questions. Yeah. Um, overall, I liked it. You said, Andrew, that you liked the World War II thing. That stuff kind of like is scary to me, like by nature. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, why is it always war? Like, why is everything always war? But I did, I did still like it. I did still enjoy the movie. What do you guys think <laughs> about the Red Skull as a villain? You know what? It, it, it felt like they kind of brought him on really strong. And then yeah. at points, he looked really weak. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it when it feels like there's almost like a throwaway villain sure. yes absolutely um and I, and I feel like a lot of times this happens um probably the most infamous one you know being darth maul and the star, star wars sure. series like <laughs> this was like yeah all this lead up all this promotion and then like oh he just gets cut in half um whatever <laughs> it was it was kind of weird yeah when you really think about it because like it, it's not something i feel like people that you can relate to and that you could see every day um are a little bit more realistic as opposed to a, a guy who's hmm. literally just a red skull. Yeah. Right. Right. So That's a good point. Um, it, I don't know. It was, he was a little cartoonish to me um, hmm. at times as well. Cartoonish is a good word. I don't know. It's, it's definitely not a top 10 villain for me by any means. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the cartoonish factor like works in other movies, but it doesn't match in this movie. I think. No. Yeah. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday too with uh, Dormammu, I think is his name. The the Doctor Strange, not the human villain, but like not the bad guy, but the villain he uses. Right. And he like, he's this like, he, I don't know what he is, but you know, they have all these, you know, beings or whatever, but he is so, so powerful. And then he's just defeated so quickly. And it's like, I think that's, from what I understand, that's a Marvel thing is they're typically, you know, notorious for not developing villains very well. Right. Mm. But so, they get better at it. That's right. Once we have, <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Thanos here. Actually, we have several movies to get through before we do that. But, <laughs> um, so do you have the post-credit scenes up there for Captain America, the first Avenger? Could you tell us about those? I do. So what it says here is in a cutdown scene from the Avengers, Nick Fury gives Steve Rogers an assignment with worldwide ramifications. There's also a small mm-hmm. preview of Avengers that mentions that a new team will be performed next year which would have been 2012 Avengers ends up being like one of the top nine. I believe they have a first round buy because they're so good yeah. in the ratings. It's probably rightfully so. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's get into Iron Man two. Then I'll read a uh, little storyline. So we have a basis to go off of. 
with the world now aware of his dual life. Now, this is kind of weird because we're dropping in on Iron Man 2. We're going to get to Iron Man 1 later, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. Iron Man 2. With the world now aware of his dual life as the armed superhero Iron Man, billionaire inventor Tony Stark faces pressure from the government, the press, and the public to share his technology with the military. Unwilling to let go of his invention, Stark, along with Pepper Potts and James Rhodey Rhodes at his side, must forge new alliances and confront powerful enemies. Iron Man 2. Sam, do you have anything uh, that stands out to you about Iron Man 2? Mostly I focused on, like, characters more than storyline for this one. Sure. Uh, and Tony is just so chaotic that it's like, <laughs> yeah. how, like, he's just all over the place in this movie. And I think just as a character throughout, he's yeah. just everywhere. I love Nat. I just love her. I I don't have a lot to say. Yeah, about no, that's fine. But I we loved get it. Her. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. I was like, I was like struck again by the like Soviet conflict, and sure. I was like, it's always the, it's always that. Like, yeah. not that that's a bad thing, because like I wonder, like, I don't know, people still relate to it, I guess. But it feels like that sort of conflict is like okay, and I just love happy so much. <laughs> yeah, we get happy. I here. love happy. That's yep. all I have for that. That's great. Um, I forgot to mention in the last one that we have Howard Stark in. Captain America and so that's a nice tie-in here to mm-hmm. these two movies so Andrew Iron Man 2 what do you got I too like the thing that really stands out with me is is really the glass box of emotion that Tony yeah. runs through in this <laughs> yeah. so if you remember he believes he's having his last ever birthday party right because mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. his condition he's really trying to fight and hide just how bad it is mm-hmm. um, but at the same time he's trying to have that you know billionaire playboy type appeal yeah. to him still without letting it through so um he really kind of goes over the edge you know i think at one point he just he gets drunk and you know starts firing things all over at the party right um <laughs> so you get to kind of see some of that conflict within tony i too enjoy some more uh, appearances of happy yeah um, <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters uh on the loki uh throughout all these movies now loki's um, from thor well haha <laughs> it's a good one I set myself up. Thank you. I set myself up for that. Um, um, and then I feel like the multifaceted bad guys in this is interesting because you've got the whole Vanko storyline. Um, yeah. And then you also have basically the fact that right from underneath his his nose, um, Stark is basically almost losing the ground on yeah. his technology as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting to see the attack from two different sides. And, you know, even though hammer tries to pull that together, yeah. it really feels like it's a, it's a dual pronged attack, which was unique for the time for Marvel. I'm, I loved today as I was watching through some recaps of all these movies that we're talking about today. And um, this is where it kind of begins. We're going to see over and over the theme of like knockoffs, hmm. like over and over we have bad guys that True. are trying to knock off or steal the technology or whatever it is that the other that the hero has um and so we see that a lot today but i I thought that was really interesting that i hadn't really noticed until today um and this is one that not so much with the characters i mean i like the characters but um especially the the storyline i watched the some recap stuff and i was like okay i think i did like this movie looking back um i wouldn't have ranked it high without you know kind of going over it again and and remembering you know i kind of like that one so there's some good moments i'm not a fan of roadie i don't know if you guys are i don't know why but i just never really been into the nerd that is roadie (laughs) no not particularly yeah yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> There's not a lot going on there. <laughs> so Captain America, the first Avenger versus Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, do we have any post-credit scenes? Almost forgot. Yeah, so in a cut-down scene from Thor, Paul Coulson drives toward a crater in New Mexico desert. Oh, yes. Where a large hammer has crashed and reports the discovery to his superior, Nick Fury. Now, was that setting up oh yeah that sets up thor one yeah, so i think chronologically that actually came next so yeah I, I found a chronological one so we have iron man 2 then the hulk and then thor so they uh they're real close yeah. there all right so we've got the first avenger iron man 2 if you guys were faced with an instagram poll at this very moment andrew is it captain or is it iron man I think it's Iron Man 2. All right. Uh, it's closer than I want to admit, but I think it's Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Sam? Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. It's hard to say because I definitely, like, had more thoughts on Captain America, but I don't know. I think it just comes down to Iron Man for me as well. Yeah. I'm thinking he has my favorite, <laughs> like, story arc, my favorite development throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I wonder, though, basing it off of that because I think, like... We're going to talk about Winter Soldier next. And sure. I thought, you know, I really like his story arc. But I wonder if basing it on the story arc over all the movies was mm-hmm. was better than just focusing on the one movie. I don't know. Either way. Yeah. Iron Man for me. So we're unanimously Iron Man 2. I'm going to yeah. go Iron Man 2 as well. Um, <clears throat> do you think that that is how the vote will shake out? I, I'm interested to see if, if you think our picks are going to be different than uh, everyone's picks. I think it's how it's going to shake out because, like I said earlier, I, I think that Captain America movie, a lot of people have already kind of dismissed it. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's mm-hmm. so long ago. And I think a thing that mm-hmm. we kind of forget about is I, I don't think anybody had more screen time in the MCU than Tony Stark. So yeah. whether we realize that True. or not, like we're kind of conditioned to Tony. Definitely, yeah. yeah. You know, everybody, everybody loves Tony. And while everybody loves Captain America, like – he doesn't have as many, at least in that first movie, memorable moments like Tony Stark. Yeah, I just right. wonder if like the classic is going to be, if that's going to be it. You know, because he's the first Avenger, um, the the leader of the Avengers, a lot of people's favorite Avenger. I wonder if that's going to be uh, a factor. I think it might be a little close compared to some of the other It matchups. could be. Yeah, that classic thing was a little bit of a, that is what kind of pulled me. Sure. Maybe back to Captain America. All right, so we've got another great matchup. Captain America, the Winter Soldier versus Ant-Man. Two very different movies, <laughs> Winter Soldier and Ant-Man. So I'm going to talk about Captain America, <clears throat> the Winter Soldier, give a little bit of an outline storyline here. For Steve Rogers, awakening after decades of suspended animation involves more than catching up on pop culture. It also means that this old school idealist must face a world of subtler threats and difficult moral complexities. Wow, that's some great vocabulary. (laughs) That becomes clear when director Nick Fury is killed by the mysterious assassin, the Winter Soldier, but not before warning Rogers that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been subverted by its enemies. When Rogers acts on Fury's warning to trust no one, uh, to trust no one there, he is branded as a traitor by the organization. Now a fugitive, Captain America must get to the bottom of this deadly mystery with the help of the Black Widow and his new friend, the Falcon. However, the battle will be costly for the Sentinel of Liberty, with Rogers finding enemies where he least expect them, while learning that the Winter Soldier looks disturbingly familiar. Hmm. Disturbingly familiar. I was as I was watching that recap, I was like, it's hard for me not to see Bucky there. Like right. it's hard for me to to suspend to that separate surprise. That now that we know. Yeah. 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 So Sam, uh, do you have any Captain America or Captain America Winter Soldier thoughts? Yes, Winter Soldier was the I think probably the first movie that I was like, I forget where it lands in the in the chronological order. But yeah. I remember being like, I really love this one. Yeah. I love the character of Bucky sure. a lot. That um, friendship is really nice. It's so nice. And 
my notes say Fury in the apartment was intense. Oh, when he like shows up in the apartment. Yeah. I remember being like, what? Like that. I remember being like genuinely surprised and like that. I thought it was cool. Um, that elevator scene is just insane and so awesome. Um, and I really liked the part where Nat and Steve were like disguised and like, is that this movie? They were like going through a mall or something and they were like wearing like yeah, regular clothes um, it was just a moment and it seemed kind of random but i'm am i not even being yeah. the right movie <laughs> yeah no i think so because this is where he starts to like have to the uh ethical stuff mm-hmm. begins with him as him like is he always going to pick the side of the authority sure or is he sometimes going to realize authority can be corrupt I, and so i think wow. they're on the run and we're going to be he's going to be struggling with that yeah right for the whole time. so long i i wrote bucky i love you again because i yeah. i do <laughs> he's just like sad and like and i just want to have him for dinner is maria hill yeah no not like have yeah okay um we don't do cannibalism here (laughs) maria hill is that robin robin from uh how i met your mother oh is she like the um she's in this movie right i don't i probably she's around okay i thought i saw her in the in the recap andrew's saying yes so okay okay yeah i found that distracting i could not separate her from robin that's true we could do a uh we could do a whole other bracket for characters (laughs) that would be kind of fun let's see how long we're quarantined yeah that's true i need to (laughs) i love that their their friendship wins out and i love that we get to see more of nat and how she's like a strong independent woman but also like broken and sad like yeah. it's so good i love that and then i also wrote buckception i forget what that was about <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't remember either. oh oh it's a post-credit scene where he sees himself at the smithsonian okay sorry i i got a little bit ahead of us then <laughs> that's right because it's a post-credit but <laughs> those are my thoughts i loved this movie that's good um i love that we get falcon here i don't know i don't know what yeah, it is that like i feel like falcon <laughs> is to cap as like Rhodey is to Iron Man. I don't know why I like Falcon so much, but I don't like Rhodey. But uh, I'm into Falcon, so sure. I'm glad to get him here. Andrew, what do you got on Captain America? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing that stands out to me, and, and I'll be similar to Sam on this, is that you get so many, you get like a plethora of characters here. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, while we all love Captain America, because, you know, he's the first Avenger, he is, you know, Mr. Patriot, we also get to see mm-hmm. the vulnerability and the fact that he has to really rely on and lean on these different friends of his. So when you have Falcon, mm. you have Nat. That's good. Um, and then you have that interpersonal conflict with, do I really want to hurt my best friend who right. Yeah, right. clearly is not himself? So right. the other thing I really enjoyed about this was um, the fight scene, the like the bigger fight scene where uh, the bus gets involved. And there's just that, that battle that you can kind of see going on in Cap's mind because he's trying to figure out like, can I really hurt my best friend? Yeah. Right. But at the same time, like he's legit trying to kill me. Right. So (laughs) we get that line. He says, I'll see you at the end of the line. That's like a flashback. Yeah. Is that that fight? Yeah. That's just, my heart was like, so good. Oh (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed that part of it. And then obviously the, the, the whole twist, you know, as we mentioned earlier with coming back up in the elevator and then finding out that Nick Fury's not, actually dead uh, i i think yeah. we all kind of expected that maybe he wasn't really this early on sure. but um it just added like an extra level of unexpectedness to this movie yeah definitely lots of swerves mm-hmm. um i think that's all i have do we have any post-credit scenes for winter soldier uh we actually have a mid-credit scene uh which foreshadows avengers age of ultron where wolfgang von strucker hmm. makes his way through a facility where the scepter is being studied and approaches a pair of holding cells containing Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Oh, Quicksilver. Yeah. Wow. So like so that's so in the comic books that is Quicksilver. 
we don't really get much of him in, in the MCU, but yeah, we don't get a ton. Um, and this is really their first appearance as well. So it's kind of like a little bit of a teaser, that first taste that you're going to get. And it's just kind of yeah. disguised um, right in the mid credits. And then uh, our second end credit is a disguised winter soldier infiltrates the captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian and comes across a memorial for Bucky Barnes, which Buckception. Buckception. <laughs> All right, so a totally different movie to compare to Winter Soldier is oh. Ant Man, a very good one. I'm, I think I'm just more, you know, keen on the the comedy ones. Mm. So, um, Ant Man storyline is as follows: Armed with the astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength, Con Man Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor, Doctor Hank Pym, protect the secret behind his spectacular Ant Man suit from a new generation of towering threats. Against seemingly insurmountable obstacles, Pym and Lang must plan and pull off a heist that will save the world. Classic. Saving the world. <laughs> uh, anything on that one, Andrew, that you think uh, any initial thoughts on Ant-Man? So I have to be very honest about this movie. Do it. It took me a, a long time to see the movie. Okay. And I don't I don't know why. Um it might have just been life in general. Um, yeah, yeah. But also, I do remember that the way that they kind of packaged this thing up, um, the way they advertised it, it seemed like it was going to be very comedic, which at times yeah. it obviously was. Um, but also, it kind of seemed almost like it was going to be like, I, I don't want to sound like super prude or anything, but it seemed like there was just going to be a lot of just like unnecessary like toilet language. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I did not see it in the theater. Okay. And it took a while. This is probably like a Redbox venture for us. Sure. And I will say, having said all of that, I regret not seeing it sooner. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So one of the things that I'll say about my MCU fandom is I really appreciate a really good balance of the humor aspect of things with the action hmm. that they kind of weave yeah. together. And there's a couple movies that they really do this really well. I felt like Ant-Man was definitely one of them. I enjoyed kind of how he just kind of felt like an average guy, yeah. maybe almost like somebody that you just knew who yeah. stumbled into some trouble and all of a sudden had this great big responsibility. So yeah. just the training exercises, all that different stuff. I could just remember laughing a lot, but also the fact that I was laughing wasn't taking anything away from the movie. Sure. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I, I enjoyed that element of it. Um, and then some of the, the under carriers as well. Um, Hope was a fun carrier, uh, a fun character yeah. to try and get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and even like as a bad guy, Darren Cross, um, he was he was kind of interesting. Um, I feel like he was appropriately used in the movie. I think this is where we begin to get the... Uh... Well, I guess we just see again the 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 knockoff thing. We see the mm. yellow jacket. These people really love their bugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, there are other options. I don't know. Um, and I also wrote on my notes: Is the yellow jacket better? Like, does it have everything the Ant Man suit has, but also lasers? Is that how I'm understanding it? <laughs> From, I mean, on the surface, it does seem that way. I think. I think. Okay. <laughs> the the overriding theme was that it might have had more bells and whistles, but the lack of control was really its fatal flaw. So. Sure. Sure. All right. I love. Paxton, um, so that's Scott Lang's ex-wife's new husband. I think oh. he's incredible. Um, 
Super fun character to just throw in there. Yeah. This movie, I'm going to say it again, Ant-Man franchise has great characters for, for you know, like this lighthearted fun movie. Um, I still love their crew, Lu- Louise. We start to get his storytelling abilities in this movie that is brought back later. So great. Oh, I forgot to even really scratch the surface on that. Yeah. Mostly just trying to watch my time. But like yeah. that whole subgroup of characters is incredible. So good. Incredible. Perfectly used. Yep. Um, every time that he opens his mouth, you're just kind of like, what? <laughs> But then at the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end, you're like, "That's brilliant." I it helps that. when you go into these movies not expecting a superhero movie, but but for a heist movie, like we talked about yesterday with Ant Man and the Wasp, these are heist movies, and and that mm-hmm. can kind of help with your expectations. If you're looking for Captain America, you came to the wrong place. So, um, anything you got on there, Sam, for Ant Man? I this is a tough matchup for me because these are two movies that I really really like. I love Paul Rudd. I love the idea that, like, he's a criminal, but, like, I'm rooting for him and I, like, want him to be with his kid. Like, I don't know. I like that they created this complicated character. Like, do we love him? Do we not love him? Like, it's more complicated than just, like, a hero or a villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I remember feeling unsure whether uh, Dr. Pym was, like, a friend or not. And I was like, that is a great are you, observation. are you his friend or are you not his, like, are you a villain in this movie or are you kind yeah. of on his side? It was hard to tell. I liked that. I love the introduction to the quantum realm stuff. Yeah. That was really good and really important. I love Louis so much. And his, every time he starts telling a story, it's so like good. so funny the way it like kind of goes out of the like style for the rest of the movie yep. for a minute. It's just so fun the whole time. Yeah. Overall, just Really a fun movie that I liked that was complicated and fun. We also get a Falcon crossover here where they go to, to visit the Avengers, what are they, the uh, Avenger, Avengers place, their place. Um, and so we get oh. Falcon there, whether he's, you know, <clears throat> Ant-Man stealing something from there. So I like, <laughs> I like those, like, overlaps when we get other characters. Mm-hmm. So um, any post-credit scenes for the Ant-Man movie? That's a good, good tie-in you just had there. Uh, so oh, nice. there's two here. Obviously, <laughs> there's a mid-credit scene. Foreshadowing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Hank Pym shows right. hope an advanced yet unfinished prototype of the Wasp suit, prompting her to state, and I'll keep it PG, it's about darn time. <laughs> uh, and then in a cut-down scene from Captain America Civil War, Captain America and Falcon discuss what to do with a trapped Winter Soldier with the Accords preventing them from contacting Tony Stark, Falcon recommends a guy who can help them. All right. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Ant-Man. Sam, where's your vote going? Oh, gosh. It's so hard to choose. Um, I think based on which one I would watch again just to enjoy, sure. I would choose Ant-Man. Whoa. It's really hard to choose. I love the Winter Soldier so much. This is a hard one for me, yeah, but I'm going to stick to I'm gonna, I know. I'm going to stick to Ant-Man. All right, I'm going Ant-Man too. How about you, Andrew? <clears throat> uh, it's a clean sweep for Ant-Man. Ugh. Whoa. All right. It, it goes back to this. I mean, stylistically, um it's just a really fun movie. Yeah. But also you still get all that action. So it, that's what sways it. Yep. I think this is one that we're going to be right on in the uh, <laughs> with the Instagram polls. I think that this one will will be a clean not clean sweet for him and somebody out there likes bucky enough but uh, maybe i'll vote for bucky in the instagram <laughs> and i'll vote for ant-man here okay. and then i will have shown my allegiance to both of my loves <laughs> all right and then your conscience is clean yes that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> and i think that steve rogers would appreciate that <laughs> yes <laughs> okay we got another weird matchup between styles of movies so iron true. man versus guardians of the galaxy Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm gonna let's start with Iron Man. I'll give you a storyline here, which is the beginnings of Tony Stark. 
Tony Stark, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, <laughs> son of legendary inventor and weapons contractor Howard Stark. Oh, that's not a sentence. When Tony Stark <laughs> is assigned to give a weapons presentation to an Iraqi unit led by Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes, he's given a ride on enemy lines. That ride ends badly when uh, Stark's Humvee that he's riding in is attacked by enemy combatants. He survives, barely, with a chest full of shrapnel and a car battery attached to his heart. In order to survive, he comes up with a way to, mas- to miniaturize ooh, the <laughs> battery and figures out that the battery can be powered by something else. Thus, Iron Man is born. He uses the primitive device to escape from the cave in Iraq. Once back home, he then begins work on perfecting the Iron Man suit. But the man who is put in charge of Stark Industries has plans of his own to take over Tony's technology for other matters. Iron Man the movie. What do we have on Iron Man? Sam, what do you have any thoughts on Iron Man? Um, yes. It's war again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Which it is. Which I'm like... It's always war, and I'm scared of war. <laughs> so it was war again. I read about this one, I think. at the, Was it the Franklin Institute? I forget. Oh, yeah, when yeah. we went there, they had, like, a huge Marvel exhibit. That's it right. was so awesome. And they are always, like, the comics are always, like, relevant to that exact time they were published. And I don't know what year this came out. Yeah. But it's talking about, like, Iraqi yep. war. And I was like, I wonder. That must have been, re- that must have been what was going on in the world. Yeah. Um, we're in 2008 at this point, so. Okay, so, yeah. So, yeah, and I like that this, like, franchise is so, like, deeply woven into culture. Sure. So mm-hmm. that strikes me about this movie. I guess that's not really about the movie, but it's about, like, Marvel in general. Pepper Potts is great. Yep. She's just like, yes, I'm going to be doing the thing for you. Whatever. I'll do it. <laughs> um, I wrote Tony goes to the smoosh ward. I think that's because they were fighting at the end and he, yeah. it, not at the end, but it looks like that's it for Iron Man. He gets um, squished by the knockoff Iron Man. Super, yeah. So he smooshed. And then I I just, the iconic I am Iron Man moment yep. is born. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's great. Andrew, what do you got? Iron Man. Uh, so one of the things that really stands out to me with this movie was a lot of like really tense moments. So if you remember sure. Pepper uh, trying to extract the files from the computer secretly and kind of incognito. Yeah. Um, the mm-hmm. way that like it kind of makes your heart race the whole time wondering like, oh my gosh, yeah. is mm-hmm. this going to happen? Is she going to get caught? Even, you know, when he flies to the Middle East and he... he goes after you know that whole insurgency basically um and the fact that there's that whole um he cleans up on them but then that whole conflict with the fighter jets yeah and Mm -hmm. just the awkwardness of you know him calling on the phone to to colonel Rhodes and just basically being like (laughs) hey um just tell him what you usually tell him you know just an accident during training yeah yeah so there were a lot of like really intense moments like that um which I enjoyed about it. I did enjoy the some of the character development again that you kind of see from Tony. Yep. Um, Pepper um, is is kind of you know a nice. I almost said secondary, but like it, she's really not a secondary storyline in this. Sure, it's, they're really interwoven together. So um, yeah, and then a lot of the subtle Shield references. Uh, as a comic mm-hmm. book nerd growing up, like yeah. that was really cool for me to see all of those you know Shield initial credits um throughout yeah. the the movie as well yeah um i wrote we have like the old roadie the different actor for roadie um so that's i don't know noteworthy i guess i it's kind of weird what's going on in his body here we don't we just kind of accept that he's got shrapnel moving towards his heart maybe i'm missing <laughs> something but like it's just it's just a weird series of events <laughs> that happens there that he's got the shrapnel situation um this is when i really started to real to see the knockoff thing where 
the same technology just used by an evil person and how that end, like ends up being the, the thing. Um, and also how Iron Man was a secret identity for a whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> One movie he gets to be a secret. <laughs> he just like needed to be known so badly that right at the end he's like, all right, well, it's time. The uh, post-credit, mid-credit scenes. Andrew, what do you got on there? Tony Stark enters his mansion only to be greeted by Nick Fury, who assures him that Iron Man isn't the only superhero in the world before bringing up the Avengers initiative. Uh, iconic moment. These are structural times yeah. for the, the Avengers franchise. <laughs> kind of a fun fact, too, that I didn't realize until I started to kind of read some recap things. Mm-hmm. They started producing the idea of this movie in 1990. Whoa. So it took a minute to really kind yeah. of come together. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. I, I'm glad. I don't know what it would have been like in... in you know, 91 or two or whatever. It would have been a totally different animal. Well then let's go to guardians of the galaxy. One of my top favorites. Um, I'm going to read the storyline here for guardians of the galaxy. After stealing a mysterious orb in the far reaches of outer space, Peter Quill from earth is now the main target of a manhunt led by the villain known as Ronan, the accuser to help fight Ronan and his team and save the galaxy from his power. Quill creates a team of space heroes known as the guardians of the galaxy to save the galaxy. That's a short and sweet one. (laughs) Um, Andrew, what are your uh, initial impressions of guardians of the galaxy? Uh, Probably my biggest impression is I love the team aspect of this yeah so they do well with you kind of have the the star power obviously with chris pratt and with quill yeah but at the same time it doesn't diminish or take away from the fact that like this whole team rocks like every every aspect of it um is just awesome so um it could just be like some of the old school you know fandom in me comic books and things like that um but i love like these these teams these groups that conglomerates so to speak so i understand that in the comics the guardians were like a, a c tier they were not like a big deal in the comics no. is that correct it was it was really kind of just like an afterthought for the most part yeah. so so it's so cool that they become so important one of the cool things too is just like some of the the sneaky great like cameo roles that are in this movie like yeah you've got john c Riley, yep. you've got glenn close yeah um, I think Benicio del Toro's in this thing. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> there's just so much like star power playing just like random everyday <laughs> roles uh, yeah. weaved into this movie that it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and then obviously the comedic element of it. So this great. is one of those movies that just does such a great job of like intertwining the comedy into all the character development and all the action. Uh, yep. And there's really no shortage. Uh, to me, this is a dark horse candidate to really go all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I would like to point out that you said star power twice, and I didn't make a Star-Lord joke. I did not interrupt you for that. So I've, I've been setting myself up, so I can't blame you. I love that in this movie, everybody is a bad guy first. Like, the whole so team, there are a bunch of bad guys, and then we get Gamora and Nebula, who were from, you know, working with Thanos, and then they become good guys, and it's just like over and over. We get that with uh, Ant-Man, too. But over and mm-hmm. over again, we get these bad guys turning into good guys, I super... Uh, I'm a big fan of that. So what do you got for Guardians, Sam? Well, I love Yondu. Oh, man. He's the best. The best Avenger. Yeah. And I also just love this movie in general. I love the, like, like the vibe is so different from the other movies, from the Guardians movies. They're just like, they're just so different. And I like it a lot. I like the 80s jams thing. That was really fun. I think that 
um, Drax is a hilarious, wonderful character. And also, is um, is Mantis in this movie, or is she only in Volume no, 2? she comes in in 2. Okay, well, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get to talk about Mantis, but I love her, <laughs> and I know that's a hot take, but I just love her so much. I think yeah. she's great, and I think she's underappreciated, and that's that on that. Well, she's appropriately appreciated. She is underappreciated. <laughs> she's wonderful. I, we don't have time to go there. Um, the Collector reminds me of like a chaotic um like caesar flickerman you remember caesar Ooh, from the uh hunger yes, games same energy yeah super like it's like you're kind of scary but you're kind of fun like yeah. i'm confused i'm conflicted within myself yeah the yeah. dance battle is super fun so so fun obviously i love groot so much yep and there's tragedy yep in this movie and <laughs> in just, most of the movies i know <laughs> everything's great i like this one a lot yeah andrew you look like you wanted to say something about the music oh i'm so sorry yeah i i just i kind of had it like bullet pointed right at the bottom yeah just music i mean yeah the fact that they and, and it's not even just like deep cuts yeah it's it's relatable yeah. things that you know people are people know that they somehow weave into an outer space action movie <laughs> right it's just phenomenal like and it just works fact, yeah the cassette tape aspect of it yeah. like there's I such a that. level of nostalgia like it's yep. it's awesome to see yeah and i love well i'm really getting ahead of us but infinity war when they start to play the different music themes and we know where we are in the in the galaxy yes. because of the music so true oh, they do it so well. i really love that we've talked about pretty much everything i i wanted to say in here we do get thanos is this the first look at thanos or the first like face look at thanos i think this is the first time that we see his physical face right uh, i think there's some suggestions towards right. thanos okay. in other elements um, but this is the first time that we actually physically see him yeah so there's lots of great you know characters i love the collector huge collector uh, i'm on record as saying that yondu is the best avenger <laughs> um groot sacrificing himself at the end there really great Ugh. Yeah. moment uh are there <laughs> it says that they take a sapling of groot so does that mean that there's like a, a but they left a bunch of groot <laughs> there to die i just i don't know how groot the species works as a whole but i do have some concerns for what happened to the rest of that tree maybe that one sapling was the only sapling that survived maybe right I, like finding nemo so. <laughs> where it's just like this is the one it's exactly like finding nemo that's great <laughs> so uh, i know we have some really good post-credit scenes here so we can go into that one for guardians yeah so right at the beginning of the credits you get uh the dance scene with Groot dancing to i oh, want yeah. you back from the jackson five which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun um it's baby Groot at that point mm-hmm. right yeah so uh while that's happening drax the destroyer sharpens his two knives when drax turns his way Groot freezes only to continue whenever drax yes. looks away yes it's a great scene and then Tivon sits in the ruins of his museum as Cosmo walks over and licks his face, prompting Howard the Duck ah, yes. to declare that the act was gross. <laughs> I will say this. When I saw that Howard the Duck tease, I almost gave up on MCU. Really? Howard the Duck. Yeah, I, I was never a Howard the Duck. Whoa, I did not see that coming. I knew you'd have an opinion, but I didn't think it would be a negative one. <laughs> no, I... I never cared for Howard the Duck. Um, And that's a totally different conversation. Right. (laughs) He's not in this bracket. Yeah. All right. So if uh, you were faced with that Instagram poll right now, which Uh you will be tomorrow, Iron Man or Guardians of the Galaxy? Andrew, what do you got for that one? I think I have to go with Guardians. All right. Really just for the the reason that, you know, we talked about, like, it was just such a well done movie, the way that it weaved all the comedy and the action, the whole group, so many likable characters. um, Yeah. 
you know everybody loves tony and pepper but you know to me the edge goes to guardians yeah i'm with you on that i'm afraid we're gonna have another clean sweep is that right yep it's guardians for me all right i've rewatched that one on its own so i think that's a good measure and i don't see that one uh playing out differently when you know the masses get to it i feel like guardians has it yeah yeah i do too all right, we've got one more matchup today. Um, right. We have the another one that's very different between the two. The Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk and Spider-Man Homecoming. Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man Homecoming. Incredible Hulk was one of the first that came out. Really old, 2008. Um, I think it was maybe after Iron Man? I don't know. It was real early. Um, so, you know, and that kind of shows in the production and stuff. So let me give you a storyline before I get ahead of myself with mm-hmm. uh, The Incredible Hulk. Depicting the events after the Gamma Bomb, the Incredible Hulk tells the story of Dr. Bruce Banner, who seeks to who seeks a cure to his unique condition, which causes him to turn into a giant green monster under emotional stress. Whilst on the run from military, which seeks his capture, <laughs> Banner comes close to a cure, but all is lost when a new creature emerges, the Abomination. Oh. Lots going on there. <laughs> Um, we have an old, uh, what's his name? What's the name of this Hulk? The wrong Hulk. Okay. Yeah. I wrote Edward Norton. Yeah. Edward Norton. I, yep. Not, not my Hulk. Not my Hulk. Not my Hulk. That's correct. Sam, you have any other thoughts on the incredible Hulk? I wrote, I have two thoughts. Number one is not my Hulk. Number two <laughs> is that I liked the Mr. Blue, Mr. Green like yeah, dynamic yeah. where they were like emailing each other yeah. or whatever. I liked that. That's really all I wrote about this yeah, movie. Yeah. He was, he was emailing that guy from Holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Holes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is we get another knockoff. Um, so where the guy, the bad guys, you know, basically trying to do the same yes. thing that the superhero does. But he's what an accidental superhero, um, which is a little different. So also is, and maybe Andrew, you can tell me what is the difference between what I don't think it's what Bruce does, but what the bad guy does, and Captain America. Is it the same serum? Is it like the same project? Do you have any idea? Um, I don't. I don't think it's the same serum it's a similar project okay from what i understand um but really the one was obviously more intentional right and then the hulks it was obviously like trying to you know kind of come up with this project but then having this gruesome accident along the way so yeah yeah so like the bad guy he injects himself with some sort of super super soldier serum and then also you know once the hulk stuff and that's where where we get the abomination which is appropriately named but um anything else from you andrew anything on the incredible hulk Uh, i just remember thinking like it was really not well done uh, (laughs) yeah as far as uh, as far as like some of the visual elements of it like there were times that like either hulk or abomination moved and it was like this is just really bad (laughs) infant infant stage cgi work Um, they've come a long way (laughs) yeah so uh, edward norton you know we we kind of touched on that like he clearly was not the best person to play hulk um and then you know a lot of this too was like growing up kind of hulk was one of my least favorite comics just because like how many times could you just watch Hulk smash smash? Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's just kind of like the stereotypical big guy, like just really strong beat things up. Yeah. You know, there's not a ton you could do with that. And that's why I think I appreciate the way they went with him toward the end. Right. Where you saw that combination of banner and the Hulk a lot. Sure. Yeah. Really nice. Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Oh, we get, uh, Tony Stark in this movie at some point, right? Yeah, that's important. Those overlaps. 
Yeah. Okay, um, any post-credit or mid-credit scenes from the Hulk? Yeah, so Tony Stark meets a drunken Thaddeus Ross at a bar and tells him that a team is being put together. Mm. A very special, important team. <laughs> okay, that's The Incredible Hulk. We didn't have a lot to say about that one, but that you know, speaks for itself. Yep. Yeah. We've got Spider-Man Homecoming, which is a, a, a slam dunk, a home run of a movie, <laughs> in my opinion. But, uh, Andrew, do you have any anything? Oh, I want to read the storyline. That's right. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming storyline <clears throat> is thus. <laughs> Thrilled by his experience with the Avengers. I love this. Um, Peter returns home where he lives with his Aunt May under the watchful eye of his new mentor, Tony Stark. Peter tries to fall back into his normal daily routine, distracted by thoughts of proving himself to be more than just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But when the Vulture emerges as a new villain, everything that Peter holds most important will be threatened. That is Spider-Man Homecoming. Andrew, any thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, I really like this movie. Um, yeah. I think probably when we heard originally there was going to be another reboot of Spider-Man, we were kind of yes. like, all right, great. Like I was. And then they knocked it out of the park. Um, yep. Tom Holland is the the perfect person for this role. Um, I loved the back and forth that he kind of has um, between he and, and John Favreau in this movie. Like, yeah. As actors, I feel like they should almost be in everything together. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, they, they just have such a good back and forth. Like, yep. um, it feels almost like. So if you picture like the potential like new stepdad. And like how corny mm-hmm. and annoying that could feel for like a teenager. Yes. Like, like it was perfectly encapsulated in this movie. I enjoyed uh, Michael Keaton as the bad guy in this. I think he did a good yeah. job. Um, just the way that like he was kind of introduced early on. And then you can kind of see um, some of the manipulation throughout the yeah. movie. Um, so it, I, I think that's an underrated storyline in this is that, you know, Peter Parker is still just a kid. So yeah. He could still very easily be manipulated by the things that he's feeling, sure. uh, things mm-hmm. that he's experiencing and things. So I think they did a nice job with that. I was kind of surprised to see that they went with the Vulture. You know, I remember being really surprised to hear that the Vulture was going to be the first Spider-Man villain. In and in MCU. a lot of ways, I'm glad that they did because, like, we had already seen, like, multiple incarnations of, like, Green Goblin. Sure. And so why not just try something new? Um, right yeah. out of the box, which, you know, I, I, I think was was a big smash hit as well. Yeah, definitely. I love the tie-ins to this movie where we start with, um, which I believe is a flashback at the very beginning to when they're cleaning up after the Avengers movie. Um, they're cleaning up after the Battle of New York, and that's when the Vulture starts to, you know, see this technology and stuff. Um, and then and then also the tie-in to Civil War where Spider-Man is just coming off of being almost an Avenger. And, you know, he was <laughs> he's introduced in, in Avengers Civil War, and then, then he gets his own movie. I just... I love those tie-ins and those layers. Um, so that's super fun. Sam, what do you got on Spider-Man Homecoming? Spider-Man Homecoming. I love it. I love yeah. all the Spider-Man movies. Um, I love Tom Holland. However, I didn't always, I wasn't always <laughs> open to Tom Holland because I grew up with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And I know that is unpopular opinion in this sphere, but it is who I am. So they hold separate <laughs> places in my heart. Okay. Um, but... I love this, and I love Peter and Tony's relationship. Yeah. Of course, it's everything to me. Yeah, they have a really nice It's so beautiful. Tony, dynamic. yeah, Tony's, like, protective, and Pete's like, but I'm good, Dad. And, yeah. like, it's cute. And Ned is really fun, his friend. Super, yes. Yeah. Super, super fun. I love his character. The conflict where he's, like, 
and he's like in DC and he's like I want to be a kid but also yeah. like the world needs me and like he's like up gonna miss the decathlon or whatever yeah. that conflict was like frustrating to me I yeah. don't know why like it's probably good because it means it elicited an emotion right. but I was like oh like this needs to just be resolved I that frustrated me probably in a good way and another thing to compare the Toby versus Tom <laughs> movies is that Aunt May is like startlingly young in this movie that's true I was like, Aunt May's supposed to be like 100? Why is she like 20? I'm confused. <laughs> so those are my takes. I, overall, great movie. Love it so much. Tom Holland. Oh, I also love that he's like actually super young in real life. Yeah. Playing yeah. a super young person. He's not like 30 playing a high schooler. Yeah. And he was he's like precious. Like he couldn't do like press things well because he was just like. A kid. He was just a kid and he's just yeah. like letting spoilers out and stuff. And I think like knowing that about him, yeah. I just feel like he is a really great Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah, I think that the whole Aunt May thing, like, it was kind of like in, in the previous renditions of this movie, it was almost like she was just kind of like a character. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's almost like this is a way to to kind of weave in that extra additional storyline with Happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah which I really appreciated because... You know, if she's an old lady, Happy's not going to be like sure. conflicted <laughs> with like, hey, I don't want to talk to this kid. But also like Aunt May, you know, she's kind of nice. So, yeah, <laughs> we have some cool moments in this movie with um, uh, when when he finds out that when he goes to the dance and finds out that his, his girlfriend's dad yeah. is the vulture. That's like such an iconic moment. It's classic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be remembered. I love Donald Glover um, and he's one of the the. Um, I don't know. He's, I think he's buying technology and he eventually sells out the bad guy. He's like kind of a small role, but always a, a huge Donald Glover fan. And I remember the beach fight scene at the very end. Like some of the fight scenes like really stuck with me. I, I remember thinking about this yesterday with uh, Guardians 2, the fight scene with like the brain of Ego. And this beach fight scene was another one that really stuck with me. So um, a super memorable one. Um, I think overall Spider-Man Homecoming is going to go far. Yep. It wins for me. All right. Against Hulk. Um, do we have any, before we do that, Sorry. do we have any uh, post-credit scenes? Yeah, so in our first one, Adrian Toomes encounters Mac Gargan in prison and learns that he has friends looking to kill Spider-Man before being confronted with a rumor about him knowing who the young crime fighter is. Toomes denies knowing Spider-Man's true identity and leaves to see his family. That eventually sets up uh, Far From Home, is that right? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> and then our second one is uh, Captain America films a public service announcement on the importance of patience and breaks the fourth wall. So he informs oh, the wow. audience that they waited around for nothing. Wow. wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay. The Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man Homecoming. I sense another uh, clean sweep coming. Sam, you're going which way? Spider-Man. I'm going to say Spider-Man. I am too. I can't imagine anyone yeah. voting. Yeah, <laughs> that, would, that's, that would be surprising. Uh, especially with, with the not... Uh, Tom Ruffalo, or yeah, Mark Mark yeah. Ruffalo. Why did I say Tom? I was looking at Tom Holland. Mm. Uh, especially with yeah. the Not My Hulk, I think. You and I it's want like bye. I want them to film this movie 2020 with this. Just do over. Just do it over. <laughs> try again. Just try again with better CGI <laughs> and with Mark Ruffalo. That's what I want. Then, then we might, you know, 
we might enjoy it more. Yeah, I agree. I think we would. I, I, I think a lot of it is Mark Ruffalo was just so good. Yeah. That even looking back at yeah. that, it's just kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't even yeah. want to waste my time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Bracketology. Um, so we got some more really great matchups as we find we're on this quest, this journey to find mm-hmm. the best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Thank you for listening. Thank you.